This is Linux Reality, Episode 9, PC Linux OS, Part 2. Hello everyone, this is your host, Chess Griffin. Welcome back to the ninth episode of Linux Reality. I call it a podcast for new Linux users, but it's really intended for new Linux users and for Windows and Mac users who have never used Linux at all. So I welcome everybody, and uh, I think we've got a lot of good stuff to get to today. We're going to pick up where we left off last week when we booted up PC Linux OS for the first time. PC Linux OS is a live Linux distribution that boots directly from the CD. It does not disturb your hard drive installation at all. And we walked through the initial boot up, login, and sort of the initial desktop. So we're going to pick up right where we left off. I do have a couple pieces of listener feedback to get to. But before we get to that, I've got just a couple of administrative items. The first being that just a reminder that the forums are now open. You can go to linuxreality.com slash forums and register. For those who haven't done that, please please consider doing that. We've got a lot of people now, and I think it's up to 40 or 50 uh, members in the forums, and it seems to be growing every day, and we've got a lot of good topics of conversation there. I think what I might do going forward, maybe not this episode, but pick out a couple of topics and, and throw it throw it out there and maybe talk about it a little bit in each episode. But that's something I'll probably save for another time. And then the other point on this is that with the advent of the forums, I think what I'm going to do is turn off the comments on the main Linux Reality web page, the WordPress page. seemed sort of redundant to me to have commenting for each episode when I'm also posting a thread in the forums for each episode. So what I think I'll do from now on is put a link in the show notes to the thread, to the forums thread about that particular episode. So if you do have comments about the episodes, please just click the link in the show notes and you'll be taken directly to the forums. So with that, let's check out some listener feedback. Message for you, sir. All right, I've got one piece of audio feedback and I got several emails this week, but I'm just going to get to one because I think we have a lot of things to talk about. So here is the audio feedback and it's from Mark. This is Mark from South Bend, Indiana, and I'd just like to say I found your podcast yesterday, April 4th, and I listened to the first seven episodes immediately at work today. And to my surprise, um, I downloaded that magazine you talked about in the one episode, and sure enough, there's a letter from you printed in the magazine in the April edition. Um, I've played with Linux a little bit in the past, but have not been able to switch. Being a photographer, I really need to have uh, Photoshop, um, and I can't seem to find any support for my Creative MP3 player with Linux, so I can't transfer any of my uh, MP3s to it. But uh, I do like running the live editions, and I'm enjoying your podcast, podcast quite a bit. Thank you. Mark, thank you so much for sending that audio feedback. Again, it really is great to hear from listeners. I understand exactly what you're saying on some of the difficulties and some of the challenges of uh, switching to Linux, especially when you have very specific application needs like Photoshop. I use Photoshop as well, or I have in the past. It is a great application. 
of course, I'm sure you know about the GIMP, which is a image manipulation program just like Photoshop. I mean, along the same lines, it's set up differently and its user interface is different, but it's the same idea. And unfortunately, the GIMP is just not Photoshop. There is a project out there called GIMP Shop, which is attempting to put the Photoshop user interface onto the GIMP, and it, it's you know maybe 85% of the way there. It works, I mean, but it's got maybe 85% of the functionality of Photoshop. Novell is a company, a, a Linux company that's out there, and they had a poll recently, and I, maybe it's still ongoing, where they're asking people, what are the top applications you'd like to see ported to Linux? And the number one application is Photoshop, so you're not alone. But I encourage you to kind of keep working with it and trying it, and, and there's no uh, nothing wrong with having maybe Linux and Windows, and, you know, use Windows for your photo editing needs and you can use Linux for other things so it's all about trying it out and seeing if it works for you I do thank you for the feedback and it's funny you mentioned that about the Tux magazine I had actually just sent them an email giving them a heads up about the podcast just so they knew about it didn't really expect them to print that as a letter to the editor but oh well that's fine thank you Mark for that feedback and then I'd also like to read an email from Corey Corey wrote me an email and he said hello my name is Corey and I'm 23. I just started listening to your podcast this last week after finding it on iTunes. I've been using Linux on and off for a few years now, but I've always gone back to Windows. Just last month, I purchased my first Mac so I could have a change. Well, now I'm pretty much committed to Linux on my HP because XP on that machine crashed where it wouldn't even let me use the recovery disk. I was pointed to PC Linux OS, and I love it. I've heard you talk about it a couple of times. I also see that it is on the new cast that just came out. Anyways, I was able to boot from the CD fine and recover everything off the Windows drives just fine. I then liked it so much that I installed it. This was two days ago. Your podcast is great. Some things that you talk about are things that I know. Some aren't. The list of sites that you have mentioned, I will be checking out. I also like how you give some history into Linux and explain what free software actually means. Now that I'm an official Linux user, I can finally learn everything I need to know about Linux, which is good because I'm about to start up my own on-site tech help business. So keep up the good work. Thank you, Corey. That is a great email, and it's really neat to hear from folks who are sort of switching to Linux for the first time. I know you said you kind of used it on and off. It sounds like you maybe jumped that last hurdle and are now there. So congratulations, and I'm glad that PC Linux OS is working well for you. So thanks to both of you, and thanks to everybody else who emailed me and who are posting things in the forum. I really do appreciate it. With that, let's get directly into the main segment, and that is PC Linux OS Part 2. Okay, so last week we talked about the initial boot up and the initial default desktop screen of PC Linux OS. And I'm just going to sort of assume that you're back at that desktop again, because what we're going to do now is go through the menus a little bit more carefully. Next week, when I talk about PC Linux OS Part 3, we're going to talk about configuration, both the desktop and the hardware and, and other types of configuration tools that are available. I will point them out when we get to them in the menus, but we're not going to talk about configuration at this point in time. So, if you have the PC Linux OS default desktop running, if you would, click on the icon in the lower left-hand corner, the menu icon, and the KDE menu will pop up. Now, you'll notice in this PC Linux OS menu that they have the applications categorized, or the initial menu reads as follows. 
Amusement Applications Configuration Documentation Multimedia Networking Office Terminals. Now, PC Linux OS has taken the liberty of organizing the KDE menu. If you remember, this desktop environment that we're in is called KDE, not GNOME. That's another one. But PC Linux OS has taken the default KDE menu and has customized it. Certain other distributions decide not to do that. They will ship sort of a default KDE menu, and it will look a little bit different. Graphically, it looks the same, but the menu tree will be different than what you see here. Some people like the fact that some distributions like PC Linux OS customize the menu. Some people think that the menu should be left as is, as the developers created it. There's neither a right or a wrong answer there, but I'm just pointing out the fact that sometimes some distributions make some changes to try to make things a little bit easier, and PC Linux has done that. Now, if you scroll up into the menu to the very first application submenu called Amusement, click on that, and then a side menu will open up, and it's broken down by category, Arcade, Boards, Cards, Strategy, Toys. I won't go through all these different submenus, but clearly what this is doing here is just giving you a list of games divided by type of game. And there's a lot of really great games in there. Next one down on the main menu is Applications. And if you click on that, again, a side menu will open up. Accessibility, Archiving, Communications, Development, Editors, File Tools, Finances, Monitoring, Publishing, Sciences, and Text Tools couple notes in here. The archiving submenu, if you click on that, you'll see another submenu open up where there are CD burning applications, especially K3B, which I mentioned a couple episodes ago, and also Gnome Baker, which are both two very good CD burning applications, CD and DVD burning applications. If you go back into this first application submenu and go down to editors and open that up, Editors are just simple little text editors. Another little point about Linux distributions is a point of minor controversy. In a lot of cases, there are many applications to do the same thing. You know, in Windows, actually, I think Windows comes with two editors, Notepad and WordPad, I believe. But in Linux, a lot of times you have developers who need to scratch their own itch and will create multiple multiple things to satisfy one need. In other words, there's lots of text editors available in Linux. Some applications or some distributions ship with a lot of them. Some ship with just one. Some ship with sort of a middle ground. I'd say PC Linux is probably somewhat of a middle ground. They haven't really got too many here. Kate and Kedit are both they are both part of the KDE. Uh, desktop environment, and they've got a few others down here, KWrite and XEdit. Now, going back to the initial su application submenu, if you go down to File Tools and open that up, this lists different some different file managers. Look at the second entry. It says File Manager Super User Mode. If you click on that, what will happen is Conqueror, which as you remember is the default file manager for KDE, will open up, but it will prompt you for your root password this will allow you to do administrative root things within Conquer. In other words, you'll be open, opening up and running Conquer as root. So it, you could then go into the main root directory or file tree and delete and, and manage files with administrative privileges. You can try that. 
here on this live CD. If you click on that, enter in the root password, which you'll probably remember is root. Remember, we had two users, root with the password root and guest with the password guest. So if you type in the password root, it will actually open up the root directory. Now, there's one other application I'd like to point out in this little menu, and uh, you'll see it there. It's called EmailFM or EmailFM. And I don't know why, but I'm just sort of a nut about file managers. I love file managers. I love all different kinds. And this little application is a good old-fashioned two-pane, kind of like Norton Commander. Uh, it's a classic file manager, and it really is fantastic. There's actually a newer version called EmailFM2 or EmailFM2, and it's just an updated version, but it's the same two-pane uh, Norton Commander type of file manager and these are it's just a great little file manager so if you like that kind check that out now going back to the applications and then the submenus we've got finances with KMyMoney sort of like a Quicken program monitoring are just various uh, system tools that you can use to monitor things there's like you know kdisk free which will show you your amount of free disk space there's k wi-fi manager which is a wireless manager the uh, first one in there actually is a little application called gcrelum and it's a little system monitoring tool you can run it and it will sit on your desktop you know left or right and it's usually done vertically and it can monitor your CPU and your disk activity and your you know network activity and it's got some little plugins and different themes and it's a great little system monitoring tool um, I've used that quite a bit in the past and I still use it from time to time but uh, it's it's a nice little tool so and then um, you know the last several uh, sub sub panel panels in here are somewhat self-explanatory so Go back to the main menu, and the next one down is configuration. And again, you have a lot of submenus here, and we will get into configuration next time, so I'm not going to get into this right now. Other than to show you, at the bottom of this submenu, you'll notice it says KDE Control Center and PC Linux OS Control Center. I'll get into that next time, but just make a note of the fact that there are two different control centers. Next one down is documentation and then multimedia and that has things like media players audio players and there's a lot of really good ones in here and everyone has their favorite audio player let's say or everyone has their favorite media player everyone has their favorite digital camera tool which you'll find under multimedia slash graphics there's one called uh, GT cam and digicam the thing is with Linux because there are so many applications in each little area for example there are so many audio applications you really just need to try them I think the names in these menus are not going to mean anything to you the makers or the the developers of PC Linux OS have taken the stance that most Linux distributions do and that is to not rename the applications a few distributions rename them like for example under multimedia and then sound you'll see a program there called grip or grip that is the name of that application that the developer has given it it is a CD ripping application some distributions will change that name in the menus to call it CD ripper or something more generic that explains what it is 
Most cases, though, that does not happen. Most developers of distributions do not change the names, and PC Linux has taken that same road. So the names themselves, if you look at Amarok, well, if you've never used Amarok before, you're not going to know what it is. So play with these applications. Check them out, and you'll see what they do. And, you know, click on one, and then if you don't know exactly what it is, go to the little help menu. For example, if you run Amarok, it will say Amarok 1.3 Next Generation Multimedia Player. And that's what this is. Amarok will uh, manage your audio files and build playlists for you and do a lot of different things. And that's basically a multimedia player. Closing out of that, going back to the main menu, you've got networking. And the submenus in here are file transfer, where you'll have FTP programs, BitTorrent, peer-to-peer -peer type programs. Underneath that is instant messaging, and the one I'd like to point out, or there's two, there's game and there's copete, and those are both the those are both instant messenger programs. The nice thing about them is that they will work with a lot of different protocols. So, for example, if you, you like to use AIM or MSN or Yahoo or what have you, most of these applications have little plugins that will let them talk on any of those networks. That's really handy. Whereas in Windows, most of the time, those little clients will only operate on one. Yahoo Messenger only operates on Yahoo, and you know MSN only works with MSN. The Linux chat programs will work on lots of different ones. Okay, still under networking, skip IRC. If you go to Mail, you'll see the different uh, few different Mail programs. Kmail is part of that contact suite that I talked about last time. And there's also Mozilla Thunderbird. And then news, you have aggregators for RSS feeds and news readers like PAN. Underneath that is remote access, and you have things that will let you access other computers over LAN or over the Internet, like VNC and uh, remote desktop connection type of, app of applications. And then WWW, World Wide Web, has two browsers, Conquer and Firefox, and NVU, or NVU. That is a HTML editor kind of like Dreamweaver not nearly as sophisticated as Dreamweaver but the same idea NVU is actually an application created by the Linspire people Linspire is another very new user friendly Linux distribution underneath networking we've got Office and this has all of your sort of Office applications now one thing with PC Linux OS it does not include OpenOffice.org you may have heard of OpenOffice OpenOffice is a free Office Suite, kind of like Microsoft Office. If you go to OpenOffice.org, you can re read all about it. It's cross-platform, meaning it's available for Windows, Linux, and Mac, and it really is an excellent Office Suite. It's very, very big, however, and PC Linux OS, I think the developers want to keep it on one CD, and they could not fit everything they need plus OpenOffice all on one CD. So if you were to someday install PC Linux OS onto your hard drive, you could then, of course, install OpenOffice and add that to the menus. But that is not in here for now. However, it does have uh, K-Office, or I forget what it's called, but I think it's K-Office, but it's a Office suite that's part of the KDE desktop environment, and some of those applications are in here. For example, under Office, if you go to Word Processors, you'll see K-Word. That's part of the K-Office. If you go to Spreadsheets, you'll see K-Spread. That's also part of K-Office. So there are some other tools in here, and again, I would just recommend that you try them out.
that's the best way to know what you like. A lot of times in Linux, you'll get people arguing over this or that, this desktop environment or that desktop environment, or this office suite or that office suite, or this audio reader or audio player versus another audio player. And I am purposefully not trying to push people one way or another. In fact, if you haven't noticed, I've never really specifically said what distribution I use now or what desktop environment I like and that sort of thing. And that's on purpose. I'm, I'm very cognizant of the fact that I don't want to steer people necessarily one way or another. Obviously, I'm paring the list down. We're not going to talk about every Linux distribution under the sun. But I think it's important for, for new users to try these things out and try out the desktop applications and try out the desktop environments and see what you like. And, you know, there are people who like KDE. There are people who like GNOME. And I don't know what you're going to like. And... You don't know what you're going to like unless you've been using Linux. And if you haven't, then I would just try these things out. So that's why we're looking at a KDE live CD now. And then in a few weeks, we'll probably look at Ubuntu, which is a GNOME CD, live CD, to give you a little taste of the GNOME desktop environment. Anyway, moving on, going back to the main menu underneath Office, we have Terminals. And again, like I said about text editors, we've got several different terminals. And you'll notice there's a terminal there that the second or the second entry in the menu says terminal program super user mode. That's just like the conquer menu entry I pointed out a few minutes ago. If you run this, it will ask you for the root password and then it will drop you into a terminal with root privileges. Versus if you were to click the terminal icon in the in the panel down there, you'll just open up a terminal with your own user privileges, which are much more limited. Okay, and then underneath the terminals, there is a, a link for home, and you'll see there's no little right arrow. That means it's just sort of a quick, it's almost like a quick link or a quick jump. Uh, you click on that, and it will just take you right to your home directory in Conqueror. And underneath that, there is a, a, a section called Actions Quick Browser. And if you kind of scroll to the right, you'll see it sort of takes you, there are shortcuts to various directories that you, that, one typically frequents, and this is supposed to be just a, a way to shortcut, you know, quickly jump to particular folders or directories within the system. Then there is a run command folder, lock session, which will basically lock the screen, and then log out. The other thing I'd like to point out in this uh, second episode, and I'm going to be wrapping up here in just a second, but is the context menu. You may remember a little while ago I talked about the context menu is when you right-click in Windows. Well, the same thing occurs here. If you just take, put your arrow out in the main desktop somewhere, just in blank empty space and right-click, you'll see a context menu, and it will say things like create new, and you can create a new folder or a new file or, or a new link. Bookmarks is the next one. That will, the, it's a quick way to jump to your bookmarks, which is kind of neat. Let's say you've got Conquer going and you've got you saved a bunch of different bookmarks and you don't, you know, you're out here on the desktop, you can just right click, go down to bookmarks and your web browser bookmarks will be right there. And there's other shortcuts in there for configuring the desktop, changing the background and logging out. That right click context menu will be different. If you go down to the panel and click on that, you'll see things like configure panel, add to panel, remove from panel. Another example would be if you right-click on the clock down there in the lower right-hand corner, the context menu will allow you to adjust the time zone change, or change the time zone, adjust the date and time, change the date and time format, you know, 24-hour, 12-hour, that kind of thing. 
just basically configure the clock. So there's lots of things within the context menu in Linux, and so I encourage you to check those things out as well. For those of you who are Mac users, and we have a Mac here in our house, the right-click context menu is often generated with a key combination and just a regular click for those people who have the one-button mouse. If you have a two-button mouse on your iMac or your Mac, then you're probably used to the right-click, and if you're not, then I would try to get used to it because there are a lot of things in the right-click context menu that you do need to know about, so just wanted to point that out. Alrighty, well, I think it's time to wrap up the show. Okay, so we've had an opportunity here to sort of drill down into the KDE menus in the, in the main um, menu tree, and hopefully I've been able to kind of show you that there's a lot in there, even on these live CDs, it's amazing what, what they can fit on these things. Uh, there's probably a gig and a half worth of applications on here on a 700 megabyte CD-ROM and using some really neat compression utilities and things, it's, it's, they can fit a lot of stuff on these live CDs and it really is pretty neat. So I do encourage you to check out all the applications in the menu tree. There's a lot of different things, a lot of variety, a lot of different ways of doing things, for example, audio players, and it's important for you to kind of test them out and see what you like. Next time, we're going to continue with PC Linux OS. So it'll be PC Linux OS Part 3, and we will look at the configuration, configuring the desktop and other configuration tools, the different control centers. Remember I pointed out the KDE control center and the PC Linux OS control center, so we'll look at both of those. And we'll just keep on trucking. So one last thing before I go, just a reminder, please do check out the forums. Go to linuxreality.com slash forums and register and join in the conversations. So this has been Episode 9 of Linux Reality. Thank you so much for subscribing and for listening. Have a great week, everybody. I'll catch you next time. Take care. Bye-bye.